my beautiful friends, and welcome to another episode of Sultuary, the podcast. Today's episode, I already feel it. It's going to be amazing. I have my very special and beautiful and amazing friend, Claudia Caprio. Yes, thank you She so is much. a amazing one friend to me, to an incredible freaking therapist. If I wasn't her friend she would be my therapist but you can't do that yeah <laughs> yeah I wanted her to be my therapist but yeah no I love having her as a friend so much so I will share her with all of you yes, <laughs> instead absolutely and the good thing is I'm friends with her therapist so that works yes, out that way that too yes <laughs> which I love Rachel so much she's amazing and literally changed my life but absolutely. yes I'm excited for this conversation yeah. from what's to come from it so Claudia let's get into it absolutely <laughs> so let's get into you what type of therapy you do how you got into it yeah oh my goodness what a journey it's been right I feel like therapy has never not been a part of my life um so to, to Ooh, wait sorry don't yeah. want to cut you off when did you start going to therapy okay so right I started going to therapy when I was like 11 years old no way 11 years old that's amazing I, I started going that. to therapy and my mom put me in because my parents were having like the typical, you know, marriage conflict. Um, and I say typical, you know, so unfortunately, but it was a very typical like conflict. And my mom was always very attuned to me and mm. what I was going through. Mm. And I think she knew like, okay, she needs a space to talk. Mm. Did she go to therapy too? Yeah. So my That's mom why. always has been to therapy and oh, she knew. I chose. That's amazing. Yeah. She knew the benefits of it. Um, unfortunately the males in my family never really like got into it but mm -hmm. the women in my family were very much like pro-therapy that and makes sense that yeah. makes sense that's why you're so amazing you started at freaking <laughs> yeah, 11 I, I like grew up in the therapy that's room that's amazing I grew up in the therapy room which is why I'm such a conscious therapist at this point because I know what therapy sh should feel like and I say should mm. based on like the client experience and like how I've mm. seen them be able to like enjoy it but yeah, I started when I was 11 and that really helped me, you know, the very cliche, like not blame myself for my parents' arguments, you know, not mm. take any of it on. Um, and then, you know, finally I was able to get to a point where therapy wasn't just about my family. It started becoming more about me and my identity. And, mm. you know, and she, she very much helped me form, you know, through my like teen years and like that whole Dang. identity crisis. And, Dang. and so I, I was consistent with therapy from probably 11 to 18 mm -hmm. and then you know college happened and I kind of drifted off um but now I'm definitely back in therapy it's cool because you had like that foundation so young yeah yeah it was it was life-changing it was life-changing wow. and I think that's why I got I was always so comfortable speaking to people mm. and I think I love well I know like I loved what she did for me and just naturally I started doing that for people so mm. I will give a shout out right now for my to a couple of my best <laughs> friends Baron and Kelly they're married with three kids now today and I remember being in high school and like doing like couples counseling oh, for them awesome. and being like okay this is how we're gonna get through this <laughs> this is how we're gonna talk to each other and Aww. it just became like a very natural thing for me and then I realized, like, oh, I can make a career out of this. I could do this. Like, okay, this is cool. That's freaking amazing. Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So therapy has – so that's why it's, it's very hard because when people ask me, like, oh, how did you know you wanted to become a therapist? It, it called me. You mm -hmm. know, it called for me. I didn't 
you know, I didn't go do a career survey to get matched <laughs> with like the profession yeah. that wouldn't, that wouldn't, you know, be the best for me, which I know works for a lot of people, but it was always like, let me do something that makes sense, which mm-hmm. this made so much sense helping people. Yeah. Um, so I started just, yeah, looking into it more and more. And it was, it was crazy because I was, um, not good in not good at school at all <laughs> middle school and high school I was like school was not my thing yeah. so when I decided to go to grad school my parents were like what who are you what are you doing so that, that was that hilarious. was a very cool experience which shows I think you know I always am for do what you love because then mm-hmm. it won't it truly won't feel like work mm-hmm Right. It will feel like you still have to do a responsibility, but it won't feel like, oh, right. Yeah. Like I got to go to work today. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I like how you said um, about how it called you. Yes. And I feel like so often we get stuck because we don't even know ourselves. Yeah. We don't take the time, you know, like you were in therapy. So like you took the time to yes. better yourself, better your well-being, get to know yourself. So when we know ourselves, we know what is best for us. It becomes so clear. Yeah. It becomes we're, so we're guided. Clear. We're guided, like literally there's like a pathway. We like can see it. Absolutely. And I think that's where, you know, it's challenging because this really comes from, you know, the top down meaning from like parents, you know, and how much space parents give their kids to nurture what's natural for them as opposed to being Mm -hmm. like, well, I want you to become a doctor. I want you to become a lawyer or like all these very great jobs, Mm -hmm. um, but not really paying attention to what, yeah. is natural for their, their child mm-hmm. and giving them the space to nurture that. And so most people don't start to discover what they actually want to do until they're adults. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's hard because they either are already in a job that they quote unquote thought was good for them mm-hmm. or now they have to like, you know, figure it out a little bit later in the game. Yeah. I know for me personally, I always felt like my parents wanted me to go to school and like pursue you know, do something like along the lines of getting a degree and doing, you know, X, Y, Z, like, you know, like you need a degree to be correct. What's the word I'm looking for? Just successful. To be, yeah. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. Good enough. For so sure. I always felt like that pressure of doing that. And then it wasn't until I realized, you know, I suck in school. I <laughs> freaking hate school <laughs> so much. And it wasn't um, until I decided to just like follow like my creativity and my gut with that, that yeah. I like, I feel like I've been able to just flourish so much as a human being, mm-hmm. like as myself and then in my career Yeah, where I've like, like you said, it literally found me, yes. my career because I didn't choose it. Right. You know, I picked up a camera when I was 14, never thought it would be a serious thing. Cause I'm like, this could never be a career. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could never, I won't make money doing this. I'm just like, you know, I have to go to school. And then it wasn't until later in life that I was like, you know what? Like, no, this could be my career. I can really do something with this. Yes. And it's crazy because allowing myself to be creative in that sense, mm-hmm. just in photography, I feel like I'm creative in so many other ways. Well, yeah, because when you took that like leap of faith and you honored mm-hmm. the path that was calling you, then mm-hmm. more will open up. Yes. Right? Yeah. More will open up. Because what you did was you just like defeated like the social norms and narratives mm-hmm. of artists don't make money. Creatives mm-hmm. don't make money. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make a career out of photography. You can't make a career out of painting. You know, those types of, you know, uh, narratives that were were told to us over and over and over again, you defeated them. And so when you defeat a social norm, something that's not yours, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have 
values and narratives that are ours and we have values and narratives that are not ours Mm -hmm. and you honored yours and then when you did that your system said oh okay I can I can trust you that if I give you a message you're gonna follow it yes so then more came yes a thousand percent I love that right more came and that's that's the cool thing is when you start when you just take one chance on yourself more doors will open because your system will say we're safe to give you messages. Mm. Mm-hmm. Trusting that inner guide within us. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. Though. Yeah. It's hard because I think a lot of people feel uh, guilt, mm-hmm. right? Diso- like, quote unquote, disobeying their parents or mm-hmm. disappointing their parents or disappointing their families when they do something a little bit, um, you know, off the grid or as, a, as an outlier. Yeah. So, you know, taking risk. Yep. Taking risk is probably the, the one of my biggest lessons yes. more recently in my life yes. where I don't know we I was actually just telling somebody this because they were asking me about obviously ending a relationship I just showed you the message yes and I'm like risks are very c- hard and they're scary because there's so much unknown there mm. but it's in the unknown that we learn yeah you know, it's like br- it gives the ending of something is just a birth of something new. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So like, I love thinking of life that way where it's like, okay, this doesn't mean the end, the ends all be all, you know, this, what the ending for me now means is new life, Mm -hmm. new opportunities, Mm -hmm. new beginnings, Mm -hmm. which are so much more beautiful to think of rather than like, this is completely over. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's when it's that, that happens a lot when people attach their identity with said thing with said job, with said relationship, with said person. You know, when you we attach ourselves to what I like to call like the vehicle, mm-hmm. then we think that once that vehicle's done and broken, that we're done and broken, that, mm-hmm. you know, we're out of service. Yeah. But if we understand that we are never meant to be attached to anything as mm-hmm. human beings and we're always meant to experience, then we can have an easier time letting go, knowing that it was never meant to be ours. Mm, yeah. But it's so hard because we, we there's, you know, I, I know in, you know, you talked a lot in, in your own personal episode when you, you came back to the podcast, mm-hmm. you talked a lot about, you know, that fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and, and, and how a lot of people don't like to take those risks because of what's going to be thereafter. But absolutely, that is where the growth happens because you stretch yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You stretch yourself. And anytime we stretch ourselves, we grow. But mm-hmm. it's when it's uh, staying in our comfort zone is when we're just like the same person over and over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's safe. Absolutely. It's the easier way to live life, mm-hmm. which is why most of us live in that safety zone where it's like, OK, yeah, I know what's going to happen next. So mm-hmm. I'm good here. Yes. You know, yes. rather than like taking those risks and opening your, up yourself. Correct. But then what happens whenever things don't go as planned or we're out of that safety zone because of course life happens Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think that there's actually even like seasons for safety and risk you know and 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 it can't all happen at once because when we think about life transitions or when things get you know we would maybe even call like complex traumas when there's too many risk at once you know whether it's um you know an example of that would be you move, you transition jobs, and you transition relationships. Mm. 
-hmm. like that all happening at once, you're going to be probably way too vulnerable and the anxiety is going to be way too high Mm -hmm. because there's too much change. Mm -hmm. Right. So then perhaps one may need to stay the same Mm. for the time being. So another part can get adjusted. Mm -hmm. Right. So instead of, you know, moving, changing jobs, changing relationships, maybe it's just like (laughs) taking one at a time and, you know, being able to, um, ease yourself into it instead of shocking your system. So Mm -hmm. I think there's even like seasons um, and maybe strategizing safety and risk more so than pushing Mm -hmm. one to the other. Yeah, I know when I had my transition, it was a lot because it was like new home, new relationship. Thankfully, my job, you know, remains the same and was like my anchor. Yeah. Yeah. So like I felt safe there. I'm like, okay, my job is like they have some type of safety here. So like I'm good. Whereas, like, everything else was kind of crazy and, like, so unknown. I remember when I was, like, looking for a new place to move into, that was so freaking stressful. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I have all of these, like, feelings arising, all of these emotions happening within me where I'm, like, having all these healing moments. I'm back in my parents' house. Yeah. You know, like. Triggered as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Which I talked about in one of my um, more recent episodes, like, just being back in that house and, like you know, dealing with stuff that I wasn't able to deal with, you know, as a child or in my last relationship because I just didn't feel safe enough to heal from. Right. So, like, all of that started coming back up, and it's still coming up. So, yes. it's, it was just a lot. Yes, a it's lot. a lot. So and, and having some sense of safety is important, whether it's, you know, in with your therapist, whether mm-hmm. it's with your job, like, so that there's some place when you where you can, you can um, vent about the chaos, Yes. Vent about the triggers. Vent Mm -hmm. about the transition. Because if everything's in transition and you don't feel safe anywhere, that's Mm -hmm. where I think your identity may start to shift for the quote unquote, you know, the the bad or the you know, you'll start to develop issues of trust. You'll start to develop issues of you know of being really guarded when there's too much chaos. There's too Mm -hmm. much and there's Mm -hmm. no anchors. That's why. You know, there's there's so many examples of that. You know, when when you know um, parents are trying to figure out they should, you know, divorce, but there's kids in the picture. As long as the kid has, you know, a parent to love them, then the chaos mm-hmm. can go on. Like it's it's gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, so um, absolutely. In your transition, how you had, you know, your you know your friends that you were anchor you know, mm-hmm. your gym or whatever it may be, the place, safe places you could go to made dealing with the chaos a little bit more bearable. For sure. Even the craziest thing is like even being in a relationship where I feel anchored and safe, even though it was new, it felt so safe and so right. And like, mm-hmm. that's the next thing I want to get into. Yes. Being in a relationship again after obviously a previous relationship and like not being fully healed. Because I know we've had a few conversations mm. about this. Mm-hmm. And I used to always think that anytime you got into a relationship, you have to be perfectly healed. Yeah. And for me, to be honest, I thought I was very healed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? We always think. <laughs> until shit hits the fan. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember because the crazy thing is that I... Being in my last relationship, I did so, I was so lonely that I did so much self-work. Yeah. I did so much, like, just evaluating myself. I did so much 
you know, I talked about in my other episode how I did mushrooms. I'd done like plant yes, medicines. Yes. And they've all helped me discover different layers and parts of myself. And I feel like I've faced so many parts of myself that I like never thought I would. So like I thought I was in a really good space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even being in my last relationship, I didn't think it was as bad. I don't even want to say that, but like I don't want like my last all of my last relationships. I didn't think they were as bad as they were until like you get into a healthy one. Correct. And the, the truth is that I don't think that you were necessarily in, in, in a bad space. You probably were in a good space. You just moved from that space. And, and now the new mm. space presented some new issues. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you weren't in a good space or that you weren't healed, but you were only healed and good up until that point mm-hmm. until you got into a new environment that started bringing some new things up. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, that's the thing because it's like so healthy. It's like, wait, this is what like love is supposed to be or like what feels right to me. Correct. So it's like, but the hard part about that is, is shit can come up even from realizing how healthy this relationship is. That's the whole thing. That's been the whole thing where it's like, holy shit, I have like the healthiest relationship and I'm fucking like unpacking all of this shit. Yes. So, right. So like the, you know, many, many women specifically talk to me about, you know, should I not date? You know, I just got out of this relationship. Should I not date? You know, should I not get into a relationship? And there's there's so many um, variables to this answer. I mm-hmm. think there's so many variables. There's so many nuances and complexities to this being a right or wrong decision. Now, you know, we'll, we'll use your situation, for example. You know, because I had, I, we, we had many conversations yeah. about this. And I think why I, I personally gave, you know, as your friend, like my stamp of approval uh-huh. was because your relationship was formed with so much communication, mm-hmm. right? So many conversations. I mean, you guys went to therapy, you guys talked, right? You guys had that, those raw, vulnerable conversations that made it, made it seem like it would be okay. Mm-hmm. It would be okay to move forward. Now, I think that how what makes it safe is that understanding when one or both of you may be triggered Mm. right Mm -hmm. because if you may go into a narrative of not feeling good enough Mm -hmm. and then you go to your partner with that who knows and you we may not know or he may not know that it's true that's a trigger for him Mm mm-hmm and everyone could be triggered. And so mm-hmm. what does that what is what happens then? <laughs> a blow up. <laughs> a blow up. Absolutely. And so but it's it's almost like continuing to give disclaimers to your partner like hey, we're going to fight and it's going to be okay mm-hmm. as long as we come back and we yes. talk about what we learned from it, what that trigger was about, what happened. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is is like what we talked about is that you're not going to know well, you need to work on until you start experiencing life. Yeah. Everybody is healed when they stay in their apartment by themselves. Of course. <laughs> Everyone of course. Is, can be happy <laughs> and can be living life and like self-care and doing the mask and doing the hair routines and doing all those things and like reading all the books, listening all to the all the books. podcasts. Yeah. yeah. But like it's when you go and put yourself through life, which part of that is being in different relationships that we will start learning more about ourselves Mm. Now, I think the healthiest relationships can withstand this. Mm-hmm. But you will see if you are in a healthy relationship based on how the relationship responds to the healing. Yes. Yes. You know? A thousand percent. Because that's been my experience as to like, wow, like 
like literally just this weekend i had a a little breakdown and then yeah. i remember we talked about it and then i'm like wow i was literally creating these fucking stories in my head mm-hmm. and it's like the right person will be there for you at the right time yeah. and they will like teach you that it's okay yes and like teach you that like remind you that like your mind is just there to make stories you know like yes. like those stories aren't always necessarily true yeah so that's why i think communication for sure and being with the right person that's gonna even allow you to even talk about these things Correct. because i know in my past i haven't f- always felt safe enough to even express myself because it's like here i am being the problem again so let me not do that correct you know whereas like now i feel like okay like we're in this together i am for you you are for me like I'm here for you. You're safe. Yeah. And it's vice versa, you know, like it's just like a, yeah, exactly. And even being able to say like, Hey, like that argument that we just got in, I thought you were going to walk out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to walk out. Like I, I was so triggered and so scared of abandonment Mm -hmm. that I thought you were gone, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and then that person can, you know, reply with whatever the reply is. And, and regardless of the reply, you're going to learn something. You're yeah. going to learn something about that person. You're going to learn something about yourself. You're going to learn something about the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, the relationships that can get through a situation like this, right? Whether, you know, both are just experiencing a recent breakup or one person's experiencing a recent breakup are ones that, you know, don't have any room for jealousy. There's no room for jealousy. Mm-hmm. There's no room for it. Mm-hmm. It's over, it won't survive in that kind of relationship. Um, it will definitely push people through their insecurities, yeah. right? And we can still be insecure because we're, you know, we're humans and we're going to have that. But as long as we are able to share it, mm-hmm. like I said, saying, I'm not feeling good right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, th- but yeah, there's no room for jealousy. There's no, there's no room for judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if we're judging the other person through their healing journey, then that's only going to close that person off. Yep. Yep. Right. So I think there's it takes special kind of kinds of relationships, open minded relationships to be able to endure healing while being in a new relationship. Definitely. So being a therapist, mm-hmm. what like how is your relationship life yeah. like? Because <laughs> you're probably like, if you see like your partner doing something, you're probably like, I just know that this is because of like all of your traumas. <laughs> oh, 100. I'm like, oh, you're triggered right now. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> yeah, no, being but I you're still human. Yeah, you know, so like, correct, correct. So that was a hard part, you know, when I first started just dating in general, let alone you know in the relationship I'm in now, I would. Um, I would be so scared to talk like a therapist or like think like a therapist because I never wanted to feel like um, I have like an upper hand mm. or that like I'm better than them or that I know more than them. But it's just hard because I have a lot of tools. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's like a part where I'm like, no, but we need to do this right now. Yeah, like <laughs> I, you want to like fix it. Yes, yeah. yes. I definitely have a desire to <laughs> fix things. and 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 that also comes from right? Like I have an anxious personality style, um, uh, to myself. I always have had. So <laughs> mixed, mixed anxious with, with being a therapist. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I need to fix this. <laughs> this is, uh, this is needs to stop for right now. Um, but right. So for the first thing was allowing myself to still be human. Cause I still get triggered. I still get 
very fucking angry. Yeah. I still, <laughs> I still, you know, get insecure. I still have my own, my moments. Um, but I think the, the best thing I can do is, is now I understand my own triggers through mm. teaching people about their triggers and I'm able to, I think the biggest, the, the biggest thing is I, I don't take things as personal. Mm-hmm. Being a therapist and being in a relationship has allowed me to not take things personal because I understand that everybody now has their stories and their narratives in their mind. And it probably has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It probably has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and usually and, doesn't. And most of the time I used to make it about me. Like, why is this person acting this way towards me? Right? I used mm. to make it about me. Where now I'm like, oh, this this clear has nothing to do with me. I'm just in the room in the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. type of situation. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that being a therapist has, has, has really had me do in my relationship, though, is be grateful. Mm. Be grateful. Because I think that we we do tend to think, um, you know, oh, this could be better. Or, oh, this relationship shouldn't look like this. It should be like how it is in the movies, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's usually the only type of relationship that we get to see are the ones in the movies yeah. where we get to see, like, inside the house, mm, right? Yeah. We get to see, like, their, the inside conversations and conflict and how they make up and how it's, like, so romantic <laughs> and whimsical and how, like, the guy goes and does, like, above the, uh, uh, you know, above the moon type <laughs> gestures. Yeah. And you think that that's the way the relationship should work. And I think being a therapist, I, I have the honor of being a fly on the wall for a lot of couples. I know, I'm you like, know, like all the juicy <laughs> stuff. I do, I do. And so it's made me be like, oh, everyone's going through this. Yeah. Everyone, everyone goes through conflict. Everyone has to go through compromise. Everyone has to go through um, the push and pull, the trial and, you know, error, you know, phase. Um, so it's definitely had me grounded in my relationship as uh, you know especially being a female in the american society we tend to romanticize a lot i mean we grew up with disney and princesses (laughs) and things like that and i think it's just it's just um humbled me a little bit more as a woman to be like okay like love doesn't have to look like that Mm mm-hmm Right, yeah. like love doesn't have to look like a princess and prince story mm-hmm. for it to be real, mm-hmm. for it to be happy, for it to be you know, yeah. right? It, it can it can be raw, it can be two humans just like figuring out life together, and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be all pretty all the time. Yeah. So I think that being a therapist has allowed me to like appreciate my relationship for what it is instead of what it's not. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Every relationship is so different. Yeah. That's like the beautiful thing too. Like there's no right or wrong way to being in a relationship, having a relationship. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that also makes me think about like okay, red flags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go there. Love me some red flags, right? And I you know, so the biggest question yeah, that comes up is like how do I see red flags? Cuz you know, we talked mm-hmm. to, we've had many conversations about this of like you know, about how you've realized so many things when you look back Mm -hmm. it's like how did I not see them yes like how how do we become blinded to these things yeah yeah well first of all I think you know just even speaking about like uh you know fairy tale movies and things like that we want it to work out Mm. we want a relationship we're in to work out so we Mm. we tend to be able to 
bypass things mm-hmm. because for the sake of, oh, it'll get better. You know, it'll mm-hmm. get better, and this is just temporary. They're going to change. Yeah. I'm going to change. Uh-huh. Yeah. And everything's going to be okay. So we tend to just think optimistically mm-hmm. in that way, I believe. Um, but we also, you know, when we're, when we're out of a relationship, when we're out of a situation, we love to, what we're just talking about, rewind the footage. Yeah. And we love to judge <laughs> ourselves and yeah, critique it all. Yes. and just like, beat ourselves up when we're reviewing the footage and like, how did I miss this play? Like, how did I, you know, (laughs) why did I drop the ball here? Yeah. Um, But the truth is that we rewind rewind footage, right? I'm thinking about sports, obviously. Yeah. But if we rewind footage, we're doing it for the purpose that the next play will be better. The Mm. next game will get better. Yeah. Um, And so I think it's healthy for us to rewind footage because that's how we grow as a player in this life. Yes, I love that. Is to rewind the footage and look back. But if we just focused on the past footage and just got mad at ourselves all the time we're not going to get into the new game and play well because mm-hmm, we're going to be stuck in the past rather than moving you know into the future correct and another th- another thing that i think of too is like i know for me i am always doing the best that i can yeah so i'm going to trust that i was doing the best that i could in that moment yes you know so just accepting that my past is my past i did the best i could yeah and you move on from it. You learn, like yeah. you said, you know, like in order to win the next game. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people, you know, ask themselves like, oh, why, why did I stay so long? Or, you know, why did I endure this? Or whatever it may be. But the truth is that, you know, a lot of people don't like to hear it this way, but it was serving you in some way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'll take even like the, the, the classic, um, you know, people that drink, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, this does nothing for me or, you know, I don't know why I do it. It's for no reason or it's ridiculous. And they have so much judgment for themselves. But the truth is that you're doing it for a reason. And we, we as humans don't do anything for no reason. Yeah. There's no such thing. We don't walk, talk, pick up something, have any kind of action for no reason. We, mm. we like to judge ourselves and say it was for no reason, but everything yeah. was for a reason. It's serving a purpose. Now, is that way of going about getting that purpose filled, you know, quote unquote, right or wrong? Okay, we can get into that, but it's serving something, right? You know, for for alcohol, it's, it's a numbing agent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're trying to numb. Got it, right? So that's the purpose that's being served. So now we just might need to find like an alternative yeah it may not be to that so when i think when we go back to the the context of relationships and red flags we have to ask ourselves okay so we're staying for some reason Mm -hmm. why are we staying instead of judging why aren't why are we why aren't we leaving ask ourselves why are we staying yeah right like let's flip it because then we'll understand more about why we are here instead of why we're why we're why we haven't left Mm -hmm. um i also even like to think about mm -hmm. like we should walk away from situations grateful. Yes. You know, because I know for me, whenever I walked away from my past relationship, I walked away. S- I still am very grateful because I, l- I found myself. Yes. Yes. So many beautiful lessons were learned there. And I think if you walk away from something, not having any lessons learned, then mm-hmm. there's a lot that you need to revisit there. Correct. Correct. I completely agree. I completely agree. And, you know, even, even the ones that were turbulent, even the ones that were turbulent, you know, a lot of people want to live this life in a very whimsical way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to live this life in a very like happy, perfect way, which we can. Right. 
But I, we've talked about this before. You can't have the whimsical joy and peace Facts. without the chaos. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's people want to be like bulletproof. Mm-hmm. People want to be bulletproof and like not endure any kind of struggles or challenges. But absolutely, we won't be able to actually know a moment is whimsical until we experience the, yes. the chaos. And and you know, I be- it's within my belief that as humans, we're meant to feel the whole range of emotions or else they wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. If we were only meant to experience happiness, then that would be the only emotion that was available to us. Yeah. But we're obviously meant to feel angry sometimes. We're obviously meant to feel sad. We're obviously meant to feel devastated or enraged or else those emotions wouldn't be accessible. Mm -hmm. And so as humans, we have to allow ourselves to to feel the full spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. It's what makes us human. Correct. Correct. So a hundred percent, you know, walking away grateful from a relationship, I think will allow new opportunities to come your way Mm -hmm. because then life will say, okay, you know, he or she is understanding life's assignment, (laughs) life's assignment that we got to experience. We can't just live safely in that way. Yes. So what about like the defining moment of like, because people ask me all the time, they're like, how do I know when to walk away? Because mm. I feel like that's difficult for, you know, yeah. for so many of us walking away from a job, walking away from a relationship, walking away from a friendship even. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it, it, it's so challenging. It's so challenging because relationships can, can truly get so complex. Um, but I think that, you know, if you're waiting for the perfect moment, there's no such thing. <laughs> You've been waiting for a long time. Yeah, you know. You're for a long, long time. <laughs> you know, there, there is no such thing. Um, so how do, you know, how do you know when it's the right time to leave? When you, when you don't even want to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, when a lot of couples come to me and they say that, you know, we want to stop fighting. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that because that means you don't care anymore. Yeah. You're not passionate about this anymore. So it's actually when you stop fighting that that's a quite a sign for you that you you're checked out. Mm-hmm. You're checked out and you're you're there's no reason that you want to even waste the human emotion experience mm. in the relationship anymore. And so I think that's a big part when you're just completely tapped out. When your body is feeling so much anxiety, when your heart is so heavy, when the the feelings of just wanting to you're not being motivated when, you know, when there's signs in every which way mm-hmm. that you can no longer ignore it. Mm-hmm. That's probably when it's time to, yeah, to step. You know, what's another big indicator for me too? just cause obviously we, o- we constantly have to make different decisions about leaving something or Correct. not, you know, jobs, whatever. Yeah. I think something big for me has been feeling at peace about yes. it. Yes. Yes. Obviously, I've felt all of those other emotions that you just talked about, but mm-hmm. ultimately feeling peace about yes. walking away. Yes, yes. And I think that happens. You know, I, I, you know, you and I joke often about it because we're both Tauruses. <laughs> but we, we, we love hard. Yeah. We love hard. And so I think you and I have similar experiences in relationship because we tend to give everything Every, we got. Yeah. All or nothing. It, I'm either all in or I'm all it. out. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 100%. We're, and we're loyal in that way as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 
you know, we have the opportunity to leave peacefully because we know, oh, our hands are clean from this now, you know, like we've done everything we could. Obviously, you know, um, obviously I'm an advocate for, for therapy. And so I think when you're deciding to do anything major, right, leave a relationship, leave a job, whatever it may be, I think it's appropriate to really explore it, really mm-hmm. explore it and make sure it's not something that you should work through. And I yeah. say should work through, not, not you know, for, for, for the main reason of like, maybe this is a challenge for you to get through. Mm. Right? Yeah, if it's sometimes we're not meant to just walk away. Sometimes we're meant to work through it. Correct. Because again, once again, it's easy to walk away sometimes. Of course, yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you could also get stuck in the 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 pattern of like just being a serial, you know, mm. monogamous or whatever yeah. it may be where you just go relationship relationship because you think that you're going to find what you're looking for. But instead, it maybe it is just nurturing the relationship you're in. So yeah. I think you know, what we're both really saying is, you know, make sure you've done everything you could. Mm-hmm. You've had the conversations. You've had the very uncomfortable conversations. And I always like, you know, playfully say to my clients, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You're already about to walk out. Yeah. Get yeah. in there. You know, yeah. Get in there. What's one more try? What's one more like very ugly, uncomfortable conversation? Why not do that? If you're already at the point where you're thinking about leaving, wouldn't you feel more peace? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you feel more in peace in your body if you said what you had to say? Mm. And I think that's a big, that's a big, that's a big uh, indicator for you on if you should leave wherever you're at. Well, again, have you had the conversation with your boss? Have you advocated for yourself? Have you gone to HR? Have you asked for the raise? Have you, whatever mm. it may be, are you yeah. asking for your needs to be met? And if your needs aren't being met, that's when you get, that's when you get to step in. But if you don't ask for it, then I, I, I will even say to my clients or who or my friends, whoever, shame on you, yeah. right? Because it's going to be very unfortunate if you didn't ask for your needs to be met and you leave that relationship because you never gave the opportunity for, you know, that relationship, that, that person, that boss, that company to meet your needs if you don't ask for them to be met. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not mind readers. We're yeah. not mind readers. So if you don't ask for it, you probably aren't going to get it. Yeah. And then also, too, even that same situation can happen in the next one if we don't deal with it, you uh, know, like yeah. in that moment. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's it, there's a lot of accountability in being in a relationship. There's a lot of responsibility that that it takes to be to be to, ha- to make the relationship su- successful. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to say, hey, listen, you know, I, I it's really important to me that, you know, we eat dinner together, you know, at nighttime or like that we mm-hmm. end our night together, or that we put our phones, you know, away at 7 p.m. or whatever it may be. Like if, if that's something that means the world to you and you're not saying it until so you're just mad at your partner every time they're on their phone at 8, 9 o'clock. Yeah, how are they going to know? How yeah. are they going to know? And you're <laughs> sitting there all mad and that person's yeah. like, why are you mad? And you're just like, I don't know. And you, you should just know. <laughs> yeah. Like those types or, of things. Or sometimes we go about it by saying it in an asshole way, yeah, which I've done exactly. so, so many times. Yeah, we're like <laughs> guilty. You're like, I don't know. You just just figure it out. Right? I guess you'd rather be on your phone than be with me. Right. We, we, when we just got to say like, Hey, really, I really want to spend some time with you. I really, I <laughs> Why really. Why is it so hard? <laughs> I know. Well, it's because it's like vulnerability. It's you vulnerability know, it's like, and we get scared. Yeah. And again, you know, past experiences can make us feel like maybe they won't choose us. Mm, maybe this will be, I will get the same thing. Correct. You know, like, 
what if what if what if they don't want to spend time right we we start to think like oh my god yeah the worst (laughs) and we don't want to hear that we don't want to feel the rejection so we don't even put ourselves in the place to get rejected yeah but the truth is if we actually get rejected then that's an indicator that the relationships may not be for you but we don't want to see that truth so we just like hide yes in the good yes when it's not when that's all a facade because you're over here on the couch irritated yeah or we overlook it and we're just like, oh, this doesn't matter to me when it really does. Because yes. that's something that I've looked back on and I have did so much of where it was like, you know what? This doesn't bother me. Right. Even though it's it bullshit. really did. It's bullshit. It, yeah. What bothers you bothers you and that's okay. That's okay. But we take away this human experience from ourselves in order to experience joy rather than the uncomfortable moment correct having that uncomfortable conversation with our partner of like i really actually don't like when you do this and hey right there could be a fight but we just said fights Mm -hmm. are healthy yeah like let's 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 fight healthy about this and when i say fight healthy we don't need to get ugly we don't need to throw shit we don't need to you know speak out of our name or whatever it may be but we can get into a conflict about something we can have our difference of opinions but let's both advocate for ourselves and then get to a place where we then advocate for the relationship. Yes. I think I love that you said like a good indicator of like a healthy relationship is being heard. Yes. You know, like the fact that you can actually open up about however it is that you're feeling reveals a lot. Absolutely. Whether it's the right relationship or not for you. Correct. So I think that's probably a really good indicator as to like, how do, I, how do I know when I should leave? How can I see red flags or not? Yes, yes. When you're like, when you're, when you're somebody else in your relationship, then you're or, your organic, natural, authentic self. Yes. I think that's Because that's hiding, that's hiding your authentic self. Yes, If yes. you're like shoving down the way that you actually feel in order to make things okay, quote unquote, you know? Absolutely. I have friends you know whether it be male or female that you know they're they're one way when they're with this group they're one way they're when they're their partner and that always gets me nervous because i'm like well why mm. can't you show them that side you know why can't you drink in front of them why can't you whatever you know whatever it may be or dance in front of them mm-hmm. you know why do you feel like you need to hide or censor yourself in front of your partner because the truth is is that your partner is different than your friends in that way that you're at at one point or another, you're going to be living with them, mm-hmm. sharing life with them, which is different than a friend, you know, the traditional friend relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you can't be your authentic self with somebody you're sharing life with, and that it's, it's, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You, you, you can't, you shouldn't yeah. hide in that way. So yeah. I think that's a huge indicator. If you are censoring yourself, if you are hiding yourself because you feel like the other person is going to disapprove, well, let them disapprove and go find somebody that will love you for who you are. Yeah. Mm, but that, that's good. But that rejection is scary. It is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. So how do you think relationships, like friendships and romantic relationships, how should they differ? How should they be similar? Yeah. Do you? What do you think about, actually, I've been wanting to ask you this. What do you think about your partner being your best friend? Because I feel like I have so many, like, different thoughts about that. Mm. Well, I mean, I've moved so far away from, like, the traditional um, definition, I think, of best friend even. 
Mm, same. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> before we were like, we can only have like one best friend and like that's it. And they're like my bestie forever. Right. Yeah. And like I've moved so far from that going into my 30s because I have a lot of best friends, you mm-hmm. know, because they're in there. They, I don't I don't think they're ex- it's exclusive to one person. And it shouldn't be exclusive to one person. So my mm-hmm. partner is my best friend in the way um, that I can be authentic. I can you know, get my needs met, right? I can have a good time. I could have fun. And if that's what my definition of best friend means in that context, then then so be it. Um, But I don't think our partner should be our everything. Our partner should not be our everything. And Mm -hmm. so if that's what best friend means, Mm -hmm. then I think that can get dangerous. I think even just labeling our partners as best friend is like such a like high, like high expectation, so much pressure like yeah like labeling anything too much i think is like yeah putting it in a box putting in a box putting in a box where it's like okay you have to fit this exact mold and if it's like anything but this mold that i have for you then like it's not good correct correct and i think that you know unfortunately in our society one thing that i i don't think we should have moved away from is it takes a village Mm. the whole concept of it takes takes a village you know Mm. i think that we have become very very um, independent, autonomous beings, which is good, you know, in many ways. But I think when it comes to having a partner, we also need different kinds of friends. Mm-hmm. Like I have the friends that definitely see me and hear me and meet my needs when it comes to being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I have um, friends that are therapists. <laughs> I have friends that, you know, I enjoy like the nightlife with. I have friends that are homebodies that I watch movies with. I have like an assortment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because like, it's like, it's like food, right? You don't want to eat the one meal over and over and put the pressure yeah. on that one meal yes. to satisfy you mm-hmm. every single time. You want to have an array. And I, I think that's that. important, right? Because, um, yeah, if, if your, your partner won't be satisfying every single need you have mm-hmm. and they shouldn't you know my partner has you know is is not an entrepreneur so he may be able to hear what I have to say and be there for me you know but in a very general way whenever mm-hmm. whenever I need to talk entrepreneur he'll even say like oh call, go call so-and-so yeah <laughs> like he'll even like remind me like you've got a resource yeah. for that and I <laughs> yeah. am not I that cannot help you here. I yeah. cannot help right and I think that a lot of people a lot of women specifically used to get very offended when they're partner wasn't their everything their best friend mm. their lover their you know their the, the the their husband the father of their children like it's like yeah what yeah. i would run it's a lot to put on one person it's too much it's too much and so i think that there's room there should be room for everything there should be room for friendships best friends acquaintances you know, romantic partners, you know, like I think there needs to be room for all of it. That way there's no pressure on one person. If I only have one friend to call, think about that. Like that's, yeah, that, that, that's a lot of it's pressure sad, on that yeah. one friend. Yeah. yeah. What if that friend's busy? Now I'm yeah. going to get irritated when that friend can't mm-hmm. answer. No, like we can't do that to ourselves. We can't do that to them. We can't do that to the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to make sure you have different people to meet your needs. I love that. I love that because if I look at like my life and all the people that I have in my life, I have different people for different things that I call yes. for different things. And that's the beauty of like the relationships that I have. Correct. Everybody, we all serve one another in different ways. Yes. Yes. You know, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. That. absolutely. We're not like holding on to one relationship so tightly No. where it's like, this is all I have. And if this crumbles and I'm 
fucked. That's that that's that <laughs> yeah. attachment, right? Like that's yeah. that attachment that can get really ugly is is if you keep a variety of different relationships and friendships, then when yeah, it's it's like having multiple different anchors. Because if I if mm. I lose myself, then I'm still well, I still got this. Mm. And that's what I mean about like, you know, when we're talking about like just being completely in chaos. Well, if my per if my partner is my best friend and, and he's my only friend then what happens when i get into a conflict with him who do yeah. i talk shit to yeah yeah <laughs> yeah who yeah. do i talk yeah. shit to like who <laughs> do i who do i vent to yeah you know i need somebody else when yeah. when, when that's happening when that's going down or vice versa when i have a, a conflict with a friend you know i need somebody else like there's multiple people that can hold us that can hold space mm. for us um and just to put that on just one person just wouldn't be fair i love that because it makes me think of Obviously, if you know me, I'm very connected to nature and yes. I love, I just love nature. Yes. It makes me think of a tree. Yeah. A mm. tree, mm. you know, is, has a ton of roots and it's very anchored in many different ways. Exactly. So like, it's so similar to us where we need to be anchored and grounded in not just one certain way, but like many. Absolutely. You know, whether it's through friendships, relationships, through different hobbies which i need to pick up some hobbies because i don't know <laughs> girl i i am the same way i need to do a lot more than work right now i know same mm -hmm. i'm like i was actually thinking about that today i was like hmm maybe podcasting is my hobby <laughs> <laughs> work <laughs> look at us trying to pull ourselves because literally today i was thinking about that i was like i have no i, I talk about this with rj all the time i'm mm -hmm. like he's like you need a hobby i'm like i know but i don't know what to do i'm I like know. i feel like if i'm doing anything other than work like anything other than work then like i'm wasting my time and it's hard because then <laughs> i think it goes back to like but work is maybe something that you are really passionate about mm -hmm. um but i do i yeah i agree right but you know the good thing is that you also have working out yes right? oh, working out for sure is, my, is like, like a staple an yeah. anchor right that regardless yeah. you have that and i think that yeah you know and it can be different things at different times, whether it's even like just going to the beach or like enjoying ourselves in different ways. Like if we if we get stuck in like a monotonous routine, I think that's that can that can be what doles are like zest for life. Mm -hmm. Like we got to move. We got to yeah. move. We got to travel. Oh, I, get I get so bored. That's the one thing I love about my life and my career that like literally every weekend every wedding is different yeah you know it's the same thing but it's different it's kind of like you too mm -hmm. in your therapy like every person you know you're doing the same thing Ooh. but every experience <laughs> is so different you never know, you know? what you're gonna yeah. get <laughs> yeah <laughs> you could be thinking we're coming in talking about one thing and then, and then you're like whoa <laughs> we got a whole different topic coming along that's also why i was gonna tell you like that's why i didn't want to prepare really for this episode <laughs> because i'm like at the same time, I love, like, that spontaneity, like, yes. that, like, I don't know, it's just so, something's about that is just so raw and authentic, and, like, yeah. the way you're able to be there for your clients mm. is probably so impactful, because you're not, like, prepared for it ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, and that's Can you imagine if you had to, like, research and, like, <laughs> you know, like, you already knew what was going to happen? It's kind of like knowing what the next play is, like you said, you know, like, in a game. Correct, yeah. it's like, there's no... There's no fun in that. Yeah. There's really no fun in that, and... and you know, the one thing that that has has demanded that I get really good at is listening. Because mm. if I think, you know, if I think I know what we're about to talk about, then then uh, and I'm not listening, then I'm going to miss exactly what my client needs. And so living in a way of being spontaneous demands that you be present 
Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people think that like being spontaneous is being chaotic, but I think it can actually mean that you're actually very mm-hmm. present. I love that. And listening to your body, listening to the calling, you know, like it's cool because one of my best friends, she lives in the mountains. She lives in Colorado. And sometimes I'm like, craving the mountains and sometimes she's like I'm craving the ocean (laughs) you know and then she'll come down to Miami or like I'll go to to Colorado and like we'll 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 meet each other in that because we're listening to our body and like what we need um and I think that's what being spontaneous is is truly actually being present Mm, I love that yeah Yeah, I love that yeah being present to everything not even just those good feelings of like Mm -hmm. I want to go to the ocean but also like if you feel sad Absolutely. You know, any quote unquote bad emotions, yep. you know, being present to yourself through ev- anything and everything. Correct. Making space for it. Even like this morning, I had an appointment at a doctor's office and then I had, I got done with it very quickly. I wasn't expecting it. And after I was like, I feel like it's just like sitting down at a coffee shop right now. Mm. And I wasn't planning that. I wasn't, yeah. you know, prepared for that. And I just did that. And that was everything I needed in that moment. Mm. And that was because I, I was listening. I was listening to my body. I was listening to, like, the calling. And so, like, I went and I sat down. And I could feel the satisfaction of my body mm-hmm. just being, like, present for that moment. Yeah. But it's when we push, you know, and say, like, no, no, but I got to go do this. You know, that we got to leave room for life. Mm-hmm. We've got to yeah, leave so room for Yeah, so often we're, like, living life for others rather than ourselves. Yeah. You know, like, what is it that you need in that moment? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why the, you know, these, you know, luckily the newer generations are getting really good, really good at that of, <laughs> of being like, well, I'm not, I'm not living for anybody else anymore, Yeah, you know, and they're not, they're not, you know, just working for other people. A lot of people are moving into entrepreneurship or moving mm-hmm. to, you know, making their own businesses in that way. Um, because I think they are leaving more room for what they want, which is cool. I love that. Yeah. There's no other way to live. I mean, obviously, there's many other ways to live life, but I feel like that's the most fulfilled life. I do, too. You know, because it's like we have all of these desires and dreams and wants for our lives, but because of the judgment of others or the fear, we hold ourselves back from living the lives that we want. Correct. But ultimately, like, this is your life to live. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I came to terms with. It's like, no, wait, there's so much that I want to do with my life. And I can do it. Mm. And that's something that my therapist reminds me a lot. She's like, you have the power. Mm-hmm. The power is in your hands. It's just choices. It's always choices. It's, it's just making, choices. making, there. also knowing that there's no right or wrong move. Oh, you know, 100%. every, every move is the right move because it's what you're doing in the moment. Exactly. So what why? It, what's, what's, what feel, feels good in that moment and whether that moment lasts a lifetime or not, you're still going to learn something from it. Yes. You know, that's the coolest thing is, again, you know, when we get into relationships, while we hope it will last forever and while we're going to give it our all, but my goodness, if it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't have been in it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't, I should, I made a wrong decision by being with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where, you know, you have the ability to talk about all of the lessons you learned because you understand that it happened for a reason, more so than like just getting mad at yourself for ever being in it. Yes. And that is growth. <laughs> absolutely that's growth walking away from things being grateful learning lessons yes. that's how we grow as human beings and evolve 
Yeah. And I know many people, you know, that are listening to this could, could be thinking, you know, well, easier said than done. Of or, course. You know, there's, you know, there's the aspect of like, you know, whether in a relationship, there's kids, there's, you know, all that, or when it comes to their job, there's finances and all that. And that's where I say it's, it's important to be strategic, right? It's important mm-hmm. to be tr- strategic and there's seasons for safety and there's seasons for risk because, while you could be in safety in terms of being comfortable in that job, well, let's start being strategic on when you can take the risk. Mm. At least do yourself that. Yeah. At least do yourself that. Um, you know, capitalize on the comfortability to start to get yourself to a place where you can take the risk. Mm. Right? Don't just stay in the comfortability, though. The comfortability is there to afford you the opportunity to get risky. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, so if anybody, you know, is listening to this and saying, well, I'm stuck in my job and there's something I can do. Well, I challenge you on that. If you're so comfortable with your job, that means you have some extra time to spare. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. You know, see what else we can do Mm -hmm. while you're in a monotonous routine. Yes. Yeah. You're capable of so many things. You just have to get out of your own way. Yes. We are literally the ones that stand in our own way. We create Well, we create all these stories in our heads and we come up with all these all of these excuses as to why we can't do what it is that we want Mm -hmm. but really that's you holding yourself back a hundred percent and because you gotta ask yourself like whose narrative is that is that your parents is Mm -hmm. that society is you know if you're stuck in this job and you can't get out because of xyz well ask yourself where did xyz come from when did i adapt that when did i start thinking that way you know can i give it back to society can Mm -hmm. i give it back to my parents for them Mm -hmm. to have you know, like being able to really categorize your own desires, like your own narratives, your own way that you want to live life. Are you doing this because this is what your parents did and you saw how your parents worked and their work ethic and now you've adapted that and so therefore it's really your parents, not yours, you know, yeah. and so it's really challenging yourself in that way and I think that the beautiful, you know, way to do that is through therapy, mm-hmm. is through journaling, because a lot of people wonder, well, where do I start? I think therapy and journaling is the best way, because you give your thoughts a space, a safe space to breathe mm. and to be seen, because Lord knows if we just keep them in our head. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> and you're just, just going to get a headache. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you're just going to yeah. get some really serious yeah. headaches. Like, you got to let that shit breathe. Yeah. I can honestly say for myself, journaling feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. Journaling, meditating, and therapy are like... When did you start journaling? Huge. So, funny story. Mm. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is kind of funny now <laughs> looking back. <laughs> so, when I was a teen, this is actually what started to my depression. When I was a teen, I would journal like every day. Mm. Like, dear diary. Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm that. in love with this person <laughs> and this person. And like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but like when I was in high school, we would have like journal prompts too. Yes. And like that was like our diaries kind of. Yes, yeah. So like I always turned that into my diary too, besides my home diary. Cool. So my home diary was very like, you know, very intense. I would Dark, right? Yeah. I would mm-hmm. t- like talk very openly about anything and everything. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to put my mom on blast to love you, mom. And Absolutely. If this is part of my story. I accept it. And I still love my mom, obviously. Yeah, of course. But when I was young, I remember I used to hide my journal under my bed. Yeah. So I think because I wasn't very open with my mom, she probably wanted to know like what was happening with me at all times. 
She was one of those moms yeah. that just had to know everything. Like, whose house are you sleeping? O- like, I could barely sleep over anyone's house. Right. Like, right. If, she, if she didn't know the parents, uh-uh, I'm not there. Mm. <laughs> like, my mom had to know everything about my life. Yeah. So I would hide my, di- my diary under my bed. Mm-hmm. She found it one day. Oh. Long story short, <laughs> I remember I had written in there about when I lost my virginity. <laughs> yeah, but that was a conversation. So, oh, my uh, God. That was, like, yeah, a lot. Like, I remember I got in so much trouble. Obviously, like, <clears throat> um, mm. it was close to my 15th birthday. So, like, I was supposed to have this big quince. I ended up not having it. That's when I, I remember after that experience, I bottled myself up. And that's how I got into, like, my depression because I didn't have, like, an ex- an outlet wow. to let my, like, thoughts and emotions flow. Because I was like, I can't journal anymore because nobody can know what I'm thinking. Because, right. like, this isn't, like, obviously a journal is not safe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and obviously what I'm thinking is bad because I just got in trouble for it. Yes. Yes. That's another, for like. For being myself and, like, letting myself, correct. you know. Because, I mean... Express myself. This could have played out very differently. And, Mom, yes, absolutely, if you're listening, right? We just <laughs> talked about, like, hindsight and, like, reviewing the footage and what we could have done differently. Yeah. Yeah. But if anybody finds a journal, right, of their of their child, because, unfortunately, you know, a lot of parents do confide in me and <laughs> do tell me that they <laughs> yeah. have found their journals. Yeah. I mean, as a mom, sorry, side note, as yeah. a mom, I would probably want to read my kid's journal, too. My goodness, like, I want to know, who, what are <laughs> you doing? What I are want you not telling scoop. me? I want the right? scoop. I want to so understand. So I don't blame, that's why I say I don't blame her. Absolutely. But had, had that journal like discovery be met with more curiosity, mm-hmm. then you would have had a different experience with like, okay, yes, this was found and like that's anxiety provoking itself. But if perhaps the content in there was met with a bit more validation or curiosity or understanding or conversations, then you would have had a different experience. So it's not yeah. just that the, th- the the journal was found, it's that it was like critiqued and like <laughs> scrutinized, right? Yeah. Which I am, again, super understanding because literally my grandma, oh my God, my poor mom couldn't do anything. Aww, like my poor yeah. mom and like her si- like sisters Obviously, there's a rebel. Obviously, there's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which, always. You know, I love all my aunts so much, but like, I can see why my mom was the way that she was. Yeah. Just seeing how growing up, my grandma would tell me, like, friends are bad. Yeah, you can't wow. do this. Boys are bad. Relationships are bad. Everything was bad, bad, bad. So, like, of course, you know, we take on whatever we learn from Absolutely. our past if we don't know any better. Absolutely. And so. our parent generations, they didn't have the, the resources and the knowledge that that we do now in terms of like of of how we have the power to do things differently you know our past generations literally took what the past generation did and there and you know and so on and so forth because that's just what made sense and mm-hmm. so absolutely our parents took their parents style and put of it course. on us for better or for worse of course even if they had a good experience or not a good experience but yes right and i'm sure that you know you've learned through your years that why your mom did that is because you didn't say anything. And then now when you said something, you had that experience. It became like the push and pull, which inevitably, if you were both to meet in the middle, you give her a little bit, she comes a little bit closer. Yeah. Then like <laughs> it works a little better. Right. And that's what we learn in relationships too, that, you know, the avoidant and the anxious, mm-hmm. if the uh, avoidant is continuing to avoid, the anxious gets more anxious. Mm-hmm. Right. And that usually is a, in a parent child relationship as well. Mm-hmm. I can I go mean, on for yeah, hours about yeah. that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure you can. I can go on for yeah. Hours. No, now obviously my relationship with my mom is way, 
<laughs> we're way way past yes. that that's so many years ago and of like course. now i tell my mom everything yeah now like if my mom read my diary i'm like oh whatever yeah she already knows that yeah so like, <laughs> like obviously you picked back up on journaling and yes. you like got you formed like a new relationship with it again yes so i think hmm, whenever when did i pick it up again i'm trying to think I feel like it might have been during COVID, actually, that I, like, heavily picked it up again. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because I just had so much time, and, like, I was so in my head, like, yes. the rest of the world. Yep. You know? So I think that's when I... I remember I started drawing again, because when I was younger, I would draw a lot. And, like, I brought myself back to, like, childlike experiences. Yes, cool. During COVID, which was actually really cool. And that's, I think, when I really started to really just, like, meditate a lot. And, like, I started journaling a lot. And mm -hmm. it, I've just been doing it ever since and yes. now i'm like i can't imagine not journaling like i need it as Absolutely. an expressive outlet like even though i go to therapy like journaling yes. is like another layer of just like being raw vulnerable and like the crazy thing too is that i always do it after i meditate mm. so it's like not even my head that's writing these things sometimes i'm just writing and i'm just like whoa like mm -hmm. it's just coming from like my heart my soul yes. which is like the coolest thing because it's like wow i couldn't even write this if i tried oh, right right <laughs> and oh my goodness i love that you said that because you know you you're you just talking about that i i i my hope is that a lot of people can hear you um because a lot of people come to me and they're like well i'm just not the journaling type mm. right like or like i don't know what to write or like when i write like nothing comes out um or yeah they just kind of like shut it down in those ways and while journaling may not be your thing expressing what you're feeling needs to be your thing mm -hmm. because even for my clients that come to once a week therapy that is freaking beautiful that's so badass that's amazing yeah. however that's 60 minutes that's 60 minutes in a full week like that is not enough mm -hmm. of an outlet that's not enough time you need something on the daily mm -hmm. to unpack what you're feeling whether mm -hmm. it's in the morning I'm, a, I'm an advocate of like morning routines mm -hmm. more than night yeah. routines because morning is like when you fill your cup up morning time is when you put you first like there's so many beautiful internal messages that get sent to self mm -hmm. when you give yourself a morning routine I love having a morning routine it's everything yeah. and for my people that are like my nine to fivers yes you can wake up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I know it's painful. I know it's painful. But that's like the true I'm I love me move when you mm. when you wake up early to give yourself that morning routine. And it's true. If if right now you can't get into like the 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 mood, I guess we could say, of journaling, then meditate, right? Mm -hmm. Then draw. Then do something yeah. to let your body uh, feel. And that's the thing too. Experience. There's yeah, there's no right way, right or wrong way to journal. Some days I write three pages. Right. Some right. days I write one sentence. Correct. Correct. You know, it's or sometimes I write nothing. I yes. literally write the date and I'm like, wow, nothing can flow. Like nothing's coming out. Yes. So yes. I just leave the page empty. Yeah. And that's okay. And I'm gonna go ahead and say this, and I, I don't like to generalize, but if you have a challenge journaling, then you are most likely a perfectionist. Because you are <laughs> you are critiquing That's, what you're doing. Yes, yes. Don't let that shit go. If if anything, I just gave you a journal prompt of uh, <laughs> I'm a perfectionist because. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's such a good way to think of that, too, because it's like we're so in our heads to write the perfect thing down. Correct. But nobody's going to read that. Yeah. Or, you know, like, you're right, just like just let that shit be messy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just get messy with it. Just 
it, you know, people are like, oh, well, what I say doesn't make sense. But it, it made sense in that moment for you mm-hmm. when you wrote it. And it just needed to be written that way. So just let that be. Yeah. You know? Or I think even whenever you start off, what's cool, like at least for me, mm-hmm. is to look back. Yeah. I like old things I've written. And then Oof. it's like brings up about new things to yeah. write about. But it's just beginning. You have to start somewhere. Correct. Write anything. Correct. Correct. Just as much as what was maybe hard for that person to start going to therapy, it's going to be hard getting into, like, the habit of journaling. It's, ha- it's hard starting any habit, but you're absolutely right. There's no right or wrong way. If you need some motivation or inspiration, Google supplies the most <laughs> <laughs> amazing the plethora of journal prompts online. Yeah. All you have to do is write, you know, Google journal prompts, and I'm sure yeah. there's one in there oh, for, for you sure. if you need some inspiration. Do it. And if you even just write one word, that's something. Yeah. Just write. Yeah. It's a emote. It's we gotta emote. We gotta yeah. get out. Yes. We gotta get out. Yes. Yes. If we don't let it out through one way, we're gonna let it out through another that probably won't be as healthy. Absolutely. So yeah. But oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, there's so I feel like we can keep going. I have so I much know, more that I want to talk about with you. But I don't want to be here forever. Absolutely. But this was so much fun. I oh really my god, this. you're I amazing. Really We're gonna have to do a part two a thousand percent. For sure. <laughs> we can even like take this and like dice this up because there's so many like little subtopics that we took we talked about. So thank you for having me on here. Thank you for being on and opening this this whole space up because I think it's gonna be really awesome for people to hear about these things. Yes. No, you're amazing. Thank you're you, amazing. thank you, thank you. I know this episode is gonna be so helpful to so many. Yes. Before we end, mm-hmm. let the people know how they can find you. Um what it is? Did you say what you special specialize in exactly? I don't know. If you I did. don't remember. Let's okay. say it all over again. Absolutely. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, my name is Dr. Claudia Caprio. I am a licensed mental health counselor, and I have my doctorate in marriage and family therapy. The cool thing about that is I specialize in anything from uh, individual anxiety to relational issues. Um, um, you can find me at Be Kind to the Mind. Um, I only have an Instagram. I don't have Twitter or anything know crazy like that so um i'm on instagram right now um my group practice is in south florida cmc therapy i have some amazing therapists if you're looking to start therapy your therapy journey then hit us up and we'll be happy to set you up with um the therapist that matches you best yay awesome of course of course i am so happy that we got to do this and we got to bring one of our like normal conversations (laughs) yes to to record i know i know because we have these all the time like in between like because we work out together so like in between working out or like after or before workouts we start like talking about (laughs) these life things and i'm just yeah Yeah. so i love that we were able to bring it yeah to record it so me and claudia have amazing things like hopefully for the future to do together because she's such an amazing like just human love you appreciate you you. grateful for you in my life we're gonna do some awesome things together for sure yes well thank you guys so much for listening until next time